how do I talk to her when she's asked me 17 questions at the kitchen island and all I want to do is pull my hair out and storm out of the room? That ever happens? No, never. I just thought of it. it I can't imagine that. A wild imagination. I would never do that. Hello. Welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. I live in New York. And I'm Vicky, the mom. I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts. Doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hi mom. Let's talk about careers for like seven weeks. No, we're only talking about it for four. But we are going to do a whole series now on how to find a career because that is a lot of what is happening when you're a young adult being sent out into the world. And Mm -hmm. it's a weird process. And so we're going to go chronologically. And today we're going to talk about the very first job that you get, which is like probably high school, maybe just after high school, Mm -hmm. not the career job, but like when you're the first time you're trying to get a job and how... You interact with your parent through that kind of stressful process. That's a really good conversation to have because parents definitely have opinions. <laughs> and Really? Yeah. They have opinions about wanting their kids to get jobs in the first place and mm-hmm. wanting their child to be successful in getting their first job. Yep. So I, as I reflect back right now for a minute on what it was like when I got my first job, I don't remember too much about the interview process. But now mm. kind of the interview process of getting a job is important. And I don't remember... What was your first job? <laughs> well, I babysat. So I did yes. I did babysit. And, and then I worked as a caddy. And I don't remember. Oh, you've mentioned I don't that. remember if I filled out an application for that or I just walked into the golf club near my house and said, could I be a caddy here? But that was easy. And they were like, yeah, yeah, just show up on Saturday morning and be willing to carry golf clubs through 18 holes of the golf course for men that chew tobacco and spit on their pot bellies. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> and you'll get like minimum wage and tips or something like that. Mm. So I was like, yeah, I like the idea of walking outside. And I, I wasn't the type of caddy that uh, consulted on any putts or clubs to use or anything like that. I was not an informed caddy by any means. I just was a laborer. <laughs> so I just, just <laughs> walked and got to talk to one or two cute boys that also caddied with me. Mm-hmm. That was part of the reason that I did Very that nice. job. Yes. And then I did apply and I must have filled out an application for McDonald's and had an interview because they did not get the job at McDonald's. So if you're ever feeling bad about not getting a job, just remember me that my first job that I applied for with an application I didn't get. And that was at McDonald's, which is pretty sad. (laughs) And then I think I also applied at Pizza Hut and my friend got a job at Pizza Hut and I didn't get a job there either. And so the jobs that I did get, I got at a, um, it was called Ben Franklin, which is is a drugstore, a five and dime store. And I got Mm -hmm. a job as a cashier there. And my my picture of these two women, so that I had a manager there. And then maybe like the next year I applied at the Country Kitchen, which was like a diner, like a Denny's diner kind of place. And both of my pictures is of these old ladies who probably were in their 30s. (laughs) 
no way <laughs> and curly Please. hair and like bad teeth and squeaky shoes and it was super negative and I was really intimidated by them and there was like one or two things that they said to me that stand out so vividly in my mind but I was a really dutiful and diligent employee when I was there most of the time there's occasions that I was like right sloughed off and was reading a book or something like that but <laughs> <laughs> there was no cell phones in those days no headphones so those kinds of checking out opportunities didn't exist well you're not supposed to have your headphones on in the grocery store either but I won't be tattling personally <laughs> well that's really interesting when when did you get those jobs in in high school yeah I want, I got a summer job at the drugstore probably between junior and senior year and my parents didn't really want me to work during the school year so they were summer jobs and that was fine and then between yeah. senior year and going off to college I worked at the diner and yeah those were those were in high school in the summer well, I remember in high school looking around and thinking people get jobs when they're in high school some of the people that I knew about who are also at my high school had jobs Definitely summer jobs. A few of them worked throughout the year. But I was in like a really privileged community and I was really privileged myself. So part of this that I just want to mention is that for me, there was some birth order influence mm. because I did not start working almost until I graduated high school. Yeah. Part of that was the privilege of going to like camp after camp after camp in the summer and yeah. like being a kid. Yeah. But, like, my my youngest sister has talked about her being, she's been aware, at least, of, of earning money, even if it is, like, babysitting or, like, odd jobs versus a, like, corporate scenario, mm -hmm. much earlier than I was because she has two sisters that are already doing it. Mm -hmm. And so did you. You had a brother already doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the setting that you grew up in, and I think it might be the culture of the United States, maybe not just California and privilege, it, although probably has to do with privileges of is high schools, junior highs and high schools requiring lots of extra practices if you're involved in a sport or a, like the dance team or something. So true. The summer is when you hone your skills and you have these intensive one or two week long settings. You know, I felt like your school cut into our family vacation. I was so resentful when you guys, when you were in junior high and high school for your school, like such high requirements to be involved in things. And I didn't want to say no to you because I wanted you to have that experience. But it was hard yeah. because when I grew up, you know, there wasn't a lot required of people in the off season of whatever sport they were involved in, in the summers. So that was a hard adjustment. But then also learning that you you could have a job and then ask for time off and people do that and that's okay also <laughs> yeah yeah we navigated that slowly I think mm -hmm. I remember the first few interviews I did in high school for jobs I worked at a swim club in like the snack shop yeah do you did you have an interview for that mm-hmm I did you filled out an application filled out an application did the interview. A lot of people at my high school worked there, so they were really, really comfortable with the group of people that we were. Mm -hmm. But it was still nerve-wracking. One thing that I recognized recently, actually, I was in an interview for a leadership position in my current job, not even just the job itself. It occurred to me that they were asking me a lot of like classic career questions or interview questions. Mm -hmm. It was the first time that I looked up and went, oh, I feel comfortable answering these right now. I'm not 
I don't feel put on the spot. I don't feel like, ooh, I got to decide right now, like mm. how to have an answer that they're going to love for this specific question, mm-hmm. which is the conversation that often happens around interviews. Mm-hmm. They always give you like point blank questions about like, tell me about a time when you didn't get along with coworkers and how did you deal with it? What is the trait that you love most about yourself? What is the thing that you hate most about yourself? Like, what do you bring to the table? And we had a class in, in senior year of high school. Um, it was my economics class. We did a whole unit on getting a job. Oh, wow. And on interview questions. Hmm. And we asked those interview questions to each other. And it was so stressful and hard. Hmm. <laughs> and when it happened this year and they asked those same questions, it just occurred to me that the reason that I had such an ease answering those questions is that I had experiences to answer them with. Oh, yeah. I had five years of different kinds of job experience to be like, well, like, let me tell you about this one time when this happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is, at least in my experience, the most stressful thing about the very first job that you get in high school. Because you don't have experience. You have no experience. You have no context. Like, all I can tell you about is the soccer team at school. Like, that is all that I have to go off of in my life. And so the stakes feel so high. Right. And when I'm... When we talk about the mother-daughter relationship, I wonder if there can be a disconnect between in, in like one of a few areas. Perhaps mom feels like this is an ice cream shop job. What's the issue? Like go apply for the job. But for me, it feels like super high stakes. Like this is a big deal. Don't you understand how stressed I am? Right. Or mom can say, I'm coming in with you on this. Like <laughs> this is a big deal, which means that I let me like give you all the unsolicited advice about how to have the best interview ever, in which case I, as the daughter, will probably still feel more overwhelmed because I don't know how to take all that. That's bringing back a memory to me. And I'm wondering if it was you because you did not have your driver's license very fast. And so I did drive you around more often. And it was either you or your sister because you both worked at the swim club that I feel like it was your sister, though, and Maybe, oh, maybe she was too young. Maybe she didn't quite have her license or she, I don't remember. But we went together and that is like a recipe for mom giving a lot of unsolicited advice to drop off the application. And I don't yeah. even know if there was an interview involved then. There was just dropping off an application. I, I definitely would have a hard time remembering this and would be more detached from it if I was not also in grad school. Because, oh well, because last year I had... I applied to grad school, so I had the fresh experience of, I've never done this before, I don't know what to do, and finding all my transcripts and like being nervous about that, and gratefully the grad school I applied to wasn't super hard to apply to, but it was, it was stressful, and I had to figure out yeah, things that I remember you talking never done before. about it. Yeah. And also I had a test recently, a couple tests that were like oral tests where we were in the hot seat and we were having, we had to hold an IEP meeting a, for instance, with Mm -hmm. another teacher and an avatar of all people, of all things. And that was stressful. But what what my professor ended up saying, she said, so now you've had this one experience the first time you've had this experience and it will never be as stressful again because you know a little bit about the setting. And the whole point of this, I'm not really giving you a grade. The whole point is to give you this experience. So I'm so excited to hear that your economics class teacher had the foresight to say, let's have this practice session to have this experience. If there is any recommendation that I would get of anybody that has never had 
an experience interviewing. It's give yourself a simulation. (laughs) Find somebody and chances are it's not your parent, but give yourself a simulation where you can have somebody else ask you questions and you can come up with answers on the spot. I will say, yeah, now in the age of YouTube, you can find a YouTube how-to instructional tutorial on anything under the sun, including how to interview for your first job when you have no experience, specifically. Yep, that is helpful. It's so helpful. And gratefully, you know, I've seen, I I looked at a few 12 minutes or less YouTubes and they just fly off. Here's the first question. Like you just right now randomly said the kind of questions people get asked. But if you've never been asked that before, that is super intimidating. It's like, um, and you want to be so sincere and you don't realize that, oh, guess what? This is your first acting experience where you, you spin what you say. Oh, it so is. It's an improv acting experience. You spin what you say to what you know your audience wants to hear. It's not like you're reading from a script as much as you're spinning what you say to what the audience wants to hear well that is true but also I remember feeling like I don't know what they want from me like how do I spin this to what they want to hear and that actually can also be demystified to say that what they want to hear is not some big important integrated part of who I am in my spirit what they want to hear is like a really basic answer Mm -hmm. like a couple sentences very specifically about the humdrum way that we change our trash cans (laughs) Like, which I didn't know until working at Trader Joe's for three years, Mm. where I trained. And so I was the first person that they met after their interview, like after orientation. And now I know that when someone asks you, like, how do you deal with a stressful situation? They don't mean like emotionally with a lot of people around. They mean when the olive oil bottle accidentally breaks. Mm. Do you? That's all that they care about. <laughs> if the olive oil broke right at this moment, are you going to freeze and f- or flee or laugh? Mm. And what we would really like you to do is freeze and then laugh mm. and not flee mm. because there's glass there and you can't move. Mm. Like that's all that they care about. <laughs> wow, that was really distilled down very succinctly. I like that. Good. I should create another YouTube video. <laughs> there you go. That's a great one. <laughs> but you know, actually, mom, the one that a video you probably couldn't find quite so easy on YouTube is how do you deal with your mom who's becoming a helicopter mom mm. in this job search? Yeah. How do I talk to her when she's asked me 17 questions at the kitchen island and all I want to do is pull my hair out and storm out of the room? That ever happens? No, never. I just thought of it. it I can't imagine that. A wild what? imagination. I would never do that. Interrogate my child? What? So let's talk about like telltale signs of your daughter looking like she's done with the conversation. Mm. Are there things that you can notice about your daughter that makes that can be like just warning signs to like back off and come back or circle back later? Well, Yes, the shorter, the more clipped the answer, the shorter the tone of your voice, then that is a sign Uh to back off. Being able to observe out loud. And like you, we've said this many times in our experience, like do the framing conversation. I know this is kind of a delicate subject, but can we, can I Mm. talk to you about this? Also being upfront about my vested interest, you know. Yeah. Even being able to say that to you, hey, I have a vested interest mm. in you giving getting a job. I want your well-being. I want you to have a good experience. I know your awesome qualities and why someone should hire yeah. you. Do they kind of thing. <laughs> 
and that fierce mama beer. Like, why wouldn't they hire you? You have the best yeah. qualities ever. That can get in the way and not be very productive. So hmm. being able to evaluate myself and going, oh, I really want my child to get this. But chances are, you know, if you don't get your first job, if you're like me <laughs> and you don't get your first job, exactly, that will be a learning experience that, you know, now I've had an experience and now maybe I'll prepare differently for my next job and yeah. make sure I know the mission statement of the pizza store. <laughs> <laughs> or something yeah. like that. So if mom, if I could be aware that, okay, I have a vested interest. My child's mental and emotional help is very important to me. I don't want her to be squashed and to have yeah. a bad experience or an experience of, of, of not getting what she wants. If I could just like say that. And then if I can be sensitive to saying, hey, I, I, I do have experience. I would love to share some things with you. Would you be willing to listen to me rather than just vomiting at the mm. mouth? <laughs> Here's what you should do. Yeah. Kind of things. Yeah. The asking permission is definitely a learning curve. So because when your child is little in elementary school and then you get to junior high, I mean, hopefully you have a culture of asking permission as a parent of your child. But it's not it wasn't our culture. It was very much more like uh, this is what I say. You do it versus asking permission. Could I give you input here? I have a point mm -hmm. of view. Would you be willing to listen yeah. to my point of view rather than just saying it? That's like probably the that's true. Biggest message that. <laughs> The banner asking permission as a parent to your child. Early, early, early on. Yeah, the earlier, the easier. Which is a good model for kids to learn. Exactly. Very true. I like what you said earlier, too, about just naming the vested interest. Because I, I also think that that's something that didn't always occur to me. Mm. That you did have a vested interest past being the referee in my life. <laughs> I don't know. Like sometimes kids are, are so self-centric and sometimes it, I think I just felt felt like you are you are here to make sure I keep to the standard and so you're going to ask me what I have to do for homework <laughs> and you're going to ask me about this and this and this and that's different than like remembering that mom like has her own like dreams for my life and is like personally excited about my success in a way that doesn't have to do with the litmus tests of like grades. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. So I think that's really I think it's really helpful if if mom can like begin with why you're excited about this job or why you really think you'd I'd be good at it or like some some more of like naming the vested interest that firstly pulls me out of the sort of like antiquated when I was a, a young kid situation of you just telling me what to do. Mhm. Mm and open my eyes a little more to like permission to dream about a job even though it's just a summer job and I don't know like have a like a little more heart into it than just like the slog every day of I've been told to get a job because that's what you're supposed to do when you're in high school <laughs> and so I'm doing the thing to get the job and it's not working so like I can't I don't know what else to tell you adding a little more of the wonder back in I guess yeah yeah it's worthwhile for moms to examine their motivation and I wasn't asking you to get a job to help the family out. I, I was asking you to get a job for your well-being, what I perceived as your well-being, in order to make a well-rounded person, you know. And But if for me to have the chance to express that to you, to say, you know, this is my picture of a well-rounded person. A well-rounded person has an experience on both sides of the counter. 
They have the experience being the consumer saying, I want this and I want this. And they have experience getting this is what you want. This is what you want. You don't want it this way. And if I was able to express that to you, that would, that's a good ex- thing to express. But I don't need to berate it <laughs> and say it mm. over. You know, I could say, well, here's where reflective listening would be nice on your part. If yes, you could say, okay, so part. mom, this is what I understand you your your value is. You value me having, yeah. being a well-rounded person that has an experience on both sides of the counter. And if you could say that back to me, I'd be like, yes, I was heard. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that did occur to me as you were just speaking that, Part of being a parent is the like, where where can I inspire intrinsic motivation in you? And where do I just need to require you to do something? Because it's possible that it's very possible, maybe probable that you will have to come campaign for your child to decide to want their first job in high school instead of sitting at home all summer. You know, like, not everyone is like, I'm ready to go get a job. And you can decide whether or not you know, per person, per family, what that value is. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's true that there is always going to have to be a receptive quality on the child's side Mm -hmm. to to hear the dreams that you have and trust your experience. That's you have all the experience. All I have is knowledge. Mm. But it's not it is like common among children, mm-hmm. upon, um, among young, young adults, among teenagers, to distrust the experience that their parents have in favor of the unchallenged knowledge that they have, you know? <laughs> well, it, it, it happens because I think parents just like are so monologue oriented versus conversation oriented mm. on occasion. You know, me, definitely on occasion. Yeah. Now... You can swing, we could swing the opposite way where you go for that first interview and we just wave and go, okay, have a good time. <laughs> right. And don't give me any help. And then help. you leave your child hanging a little bit. And then right. I, I have the experience of feeling regret afterwards, like, oh, I wish I had prepared my child for that conversation a little bit more. But then, then there's a way to say, okay, you're coming up to this new event and experience in life. I've thought about this new event and experience And this is what I know about it. Would you be willing to hear what I have to say? Here's some questions that I have been asked in an interview and you might likely be asked. Would you be willing to listen to those? And and there's ways Would you like to hear them? There's ways to present that. I I sometimes in my life as a parent have written down things and said, Here, this is what I've thought about. I don't know. Do you I feel like it's less pushy if I write it down and say, Here, can you think about it? Do you like that? Do you like to receive information that way? It does still depend on how it's presented. It's occurring to me, as is often true in this podcast, that that is like the best way to present it and probably not going to happen in day-to-day emotional life. But like in the perfect world, yes, you would like have this like very couched reflective listening, like formative conversation about that. The same is true for writing things down. If written down and given too quickly, it can feel passive aggressive. Mm. It can feel like an assignment. I think it can feel less relational because it's like Mm. it's similar to school. Mm. Like here's the assignment that you've been given. Here's an additional assignment which is going to help you with the other assignment. It's like a it's like a study guide. (laughs) (laughs) But if it was accompanied 
or introduced with a conversation, I do think it could be really helpful. Just within that conversation, it would be, I'm really excited for you. Mm. I was brainstorming ways in which I could support you. And this is something that I wish that I had had. If you'd like to hear stories about my life, I would love to tell them to you. Let me know. Yeah. So I just thought it would be nice to like give this to you, take it or leave it. But like, I just wanted to offer you some help in a way that I thought would be helpful to me at the time. You know what? It's so interesting to hear you say, I'm really excited for you. Because like talking about emotions, I think that we have been on a growth Mm -hmm. curve in our culture in talking about emotions i don't i don't think people like emotional iq that even even that phrase seems to have come up in the past 20 years possibly but it's not yeah. it's not something yeah. that my my parents talked about ever and so yeah. a lot of times it didn't dawn on me that my mom was excited to share this experience with me one time it dawned right. on me that my mom was excited to share an experience with me and I just told her it was it was when I was pregnant and it was like choosing colors or patterns for, you know, baby bunting on the crib. Yeah. <laughs> and I had I had gone shopping with a friend of mine who was a mom, a young mom. Yeah. And then I just blurted out to my mom, Oh, that I don't want that color. I, I, I'm I want I went shopping with my friend and I want this color. And the visible sadness in my mom that I had taken away yeah. that shared experience with her was like, oh, it still gives me a, like a uh, twist. The Stick the knife feelings. in and twist in the stomach experience. Uh, <laughs> so, well, but here's the thing. I mean, just to speak to that specific scenario, like that was an that was an unvocalized expectation. Yeah. So there was no way for you to have known that that needed to be an expectation. But right. that does happen all the time in families where after the fact you realize either on both sides like oof that person cared about that and I didn't know it yeah or whoo I didn't know I cared about that and now I have to work through that because of course it wasn't met because I didn't vocalize that expectation right so I just love that being able to even when I wake up in the morning think about my day and think about you know what am I hoping for what am I excited about today what conversations am I anticipating having and how can I share that in you know, I'm excited about this for you. So yeah. I want to talk to you about it. Yeah. Yeah. And just saying that probably would be helpful to you, huh? Yeah, I totally do. I think it'd be really helpful. I think it would, it, it again pulls our relationship back in focus and makes us the value and this experience tangential to our relationship Mm -hmm. versus this experience being the thing that we have to like slog through our relationship to get, you know, get, get done. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it it helps you like people above product. Absolutely, it it helps you have a little compassion for me, <laughs> mm-hmm. and yes, uh, my experience, and to recognize context like what I have come to recognize with your dad is when he's really excited about something, and it can be anxious, excited, worried, excited, or enthusiastic excited it's you know that there's i've read that you know there's studies that the hormones that are being released in your bodies don't know if it's anxious excited or enthusiastic excited it's the same hormone the same hormone so to be able to say recognize that when he gets really talkative super talking has a lot to say i can just hold my little bowl out of i can contain this emotion right now because he's really (laughs) emotional and has a lot of feelings and he's talking a lot and talking really fast because he's excited and he's actually probably worried which he might not realize but he needs to vocalize this so in the past it's been difficult for me because i don't 
when I'm feeling worried, I don't vocalize it. And when he's feeling worried, he he talks things through. He, he processes out loud. And he doesn't say yeah. that he's worried. He doesn't usually associate those feelings. So now I right. have to be careful not to weaponize it and go, well, you're worried about this. So that's why you're talking about it. Because then he doesn't appreciate that. But to still hold it lightly and to be like, okay, I need to be delicate in this situation. He has a lot to say about this. So in the same way, I yeah. feel like moms can do that with their mm-hmm. children. Which absolutely, yeah, and in in both scenarios, I mean, those are these are the people that we live with every day, and so what a privilege it is to know someone so well mm-hmm. that when dad starts speaking, you immediately are like, oh yes, let me set out my emotional bowl <laughs> and like start to to decide within my own self what are you feeling right now? How can I help you? Like that only happens because you live with him every single day. And the same is true for mom and daughter. And so of course those are going to be high emotion conversations and you're going to blunder. What is difficult and frustrating though is if your response to anxiety is to withdraw and I want to be there to help you and I do feel like that's when I get interrogating because I just want so much to help this situation out and generally speaking talking about it makes it better and it's hard if you have withdrawn so much it's hard not to ask a lot of questions which becomes an interrogation and is usually not received well and if i'm already feeling withdrawn it's really hard for me to vocalize i need you to come back with those questions later Mm -hmm. without it being a really shovey answer as well yeah yeah so, of course, that's going to happen in relationship. And in hindsight, you can be like, oh, the reason I was feeling I was peppering you with questions is because I care. Mm-hmm. But again, even if you have to come back with an apology, what you're coming back to is like recentering on this emotional relationship. I did this action because I felt mm-hmm. in my emotions mm-hmm. this way. Mm-hmm. And it, you evidently were like in a different emotional space Mm -hmm. can can we reunite on that like emotional ground and then go forward yeah Ah. good to know so circling back when you're going for your first job check out interview questions and responses when you don't have experience because there's always a response when you don't have an experience and there's some lovely short youtubes on that or talk to someone else like you per se talk to your sister because you've had experiences and you're right there's like seven standard interview questions that people get and and you can have an answer to them even if you don't have previous job experience and recognize you know be willing to say both of you parent and child have a vested interest in that and have a different emotional response to it but be willing to have a little give and take in that conversation yep Exactly. Thanks for talking about this, Mom. Yeah. Next week, we'll we'll move forward through like other sections of finding a career and a job that bring up emotions between mom and daughter. I guess it's it's probable it'll be like the same emotions with a different scenario. Similar, yeah. Um, but they always feel like colossal changes and problems. So yeah, it'll be nice to talk about each one and be like, oh, it is still about the same. Well, it is still about caring about each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Boil it back down. All right, Ingrid. We'll have a good week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support.
You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.